This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Hey, good to be back. I'm working from home this week because I've uh, still got this massive bandage on my face. I had my little operation, my procedure on Friday to get this little pesty, cancery thing off my nose. So uh, I've got to take the bandages off and uh, the, the um, stitches come out on Friday. So I don't know what it looks like, the whole, the, what the scar's going to be like. I think it's going to be a circular scar. So it look like, almost like the end of a Bond movie. It's like someone's gone at me with an old-fashioned car cigarette lighter. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, say, I'll say down the line that it's a shark or, or, or a crocodile attack or something like that. It's got me thinking though about like scars and that because I've never really had anything like that before. And I've always kind of, in a weird way, been slightly jealous of people who've got scars that they can show off in pubs or, uh, you know, at dinner parties and, and tell the tale that goes with it. So thought this hour of home time, scar stories if you've got a scar from something unusual that's got a good story attached to it tell us about it have you never noticed the one on my forehead never noticed it no no i didn't realize you had a scar there at all yeah it's very 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 faint now because i got it from when i was six uh, and that was when my brother and i were using the sofa for a trampoline and uh, i bounced a bit too far and onto a plug <laughs> socket uh, so that oh. was a good old stitches job Oh, my word. Well, that's, there you go. This is the kind of thing we're after. If, if you've got a story with a scar, tell us about it. Kitty says, I knocked myself out giving the dog a bath. I've got a, st- a scar straight through my eyebrow. Uh, why don't you borrow Tiff's idea? Uh, well, it's not an idea for her. It's reality. She says, I have a scar on the palm of my hand from when I fell into an oyster bed. Those suckers are sharp if you land on them in the right slash wrong way. That is the most arit- aristocratic uh, injury I've ever heard of in my life. I fell, I fell into an oyster bed. You wouldn't believe how painful those buggers are. Uh, Yannick says he got a scar playing football with mates in the snow and had to get the ball down from the roof. Climbing back down, I lowered my legs off the side of the roof and a mate was there ready to catch me. It was only about four feet from the ground. Woke up two minutes later with a broken arm and a gashed chin. Oh. Terrible friend, terrible friend. And then Chris says, I got one on my leg from where I dropped some pie filling on it as a kid. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Samantha in Herefordshire says, when I was about two, I fell over at a wetlands park. The nurse put ice on my nosebleed and left me with a scar just under my nostril, that which forever looks like snot. <laughs> the ducks did come over the bridge, though, to see what all the fuss was about. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Tina has a scar from playing skittle ball at school age 10. Wasn't going to let the ball get away. Ran smack into a square-edged iron railing, carried on and scored until someone shouted I was bleeding. Eight stitches, but 3-1 to us. Do you know what? That's like a low-level Terry Butcher, and I respect her for that. (laughs) Uh, Dave says, I have a scar on my forehead from falling through my my mum's patio window when I was four because my feet were bent and I wore those special boots to straighten them. Now, there's a a text from the olden days. My words. Uh, Andy, tell us about your scar. Yeah, so when we're at university, one of my friend's laptops completely died. So being university lads, I thought we'd break it apart, see what it's like inside. So we were sort of hitting it with hammers and things and throwing it around the back garden. I picked it above my head, ready to sort of swing it down on the ground and thought, oh, this might hurt my hand. So I adjusted my grip ever so slightly and let it slice across the length of my ring finger. Oh, oh dear, oh, dear. Glad you said finger at the end of that bit about ring. God, yeah. blimey, that yeah. sounds absolutely horrendous. Did it bleed? It did. It bled quite a bit. I then had to, like, go sort of strap it all up. It was fine. It wasn't too bad. It was mostly just like a flap of skin. But then I had to go spend the rest of the night to type up an essay. So give oh. myself a nice big hand wound before all of that work. More of the story, PC World. 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then take the part for you and ask them to uh, describe what's going on. The trained professionals, we clearly were not. Hannah in Surrey says, guys, helping my 17-year-old son to get a job at the moment, he's uh, stressed his reluctance to be a waiter as he's quite clumsy. I told him about the time I dropped a banoffee pie down someone's bare back one hot summer. <laughs> And to make matters worse, that person was then stung by a wasp because of the sweet, sticky mess. <laughs> Needless to say, the career in hospitality was short-lived. <laughs> Never forget that, says Hannah. Uh, Sarah in Nottingham says, I have a scar-stroke bump on my nose from being hit on the nose by a flying tray at England's semi-final at Wembley last year. It was a great day, though. <laughs> Jem uh, says, I played a gig with my band, uh, I'm the drummer, and after we'd finished our set and I was packing up, I fell off the stage while trying to get down. Cracked my head open, seven stitches, not very rock and roll. Oh, my word. Paul says, I have a facial scar when a UN peacekeeper hit me with their riot shield. What? He says, all the best. <laughs> um, right. Sarah uh, is in Bournemouth. Tell us about your scar. You've got one. I do, yeah. Well, um, I just waxed an edge to my daughter's skis. Ouch. And we collided with each other on a black run and her ski swiped underneath me. And, yeah, I've got... Um, I had ten stitches in my, the cheek of my bottom. Whoa, now, that must have been... a very nice scar. Do you know what, weirdly, even though you, that would have been done for, by a, me, a medical professional for you, I'm imagining a dinner lady doing that for some reason because she's got school days written all over it. Well, actually, a vet took the stitches out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that is true. I was working on the ski resort at the time and just didn't get round to going to have them taken out. <laughs> yeah, but, but Sarah, what kind of vet's in a ski resort? Like, I can't uh, think of animals in a ski, ski resort. An ex-ski, uh, a ski instructor who was a vet. <laughs> this gets more murky by the minute, this story, doesn't it? <laughs> this is the best story ever. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, thank you for letting me share it. Well, listen, if it's not too personal a question, Sarah, uh, dare we ask mm-hmm. if the scar is still there on your buttock to this present day? It is, yeah. I haven't seen it for a while, because obviously I'd need a mirror, but... Well, 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 well there's something we... for tomorrow's show. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it Richie's Daily Takeaway. Now, Bush, I need your opinion on something. Something that's been going around in my mind for a long time, but I've stayed quiet on it. Uh, but then I saw Ooh. something in the news today, and I thought, no, 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 today's the day to speak up. So, wow. uh, I don't know whether you've seen, the UN have said today that statistically the eight billionth person alive to be born on this planet happens today. It's the first time we've like tipped over into that figure. Statistically, they've been born today. Don't know exactly where, but the, the, the rate of it suggests it will be today. Eight billion on this planet alive right now. I think that's something to be celebrated. You know, we're obviously a success. In your face, monkeys. It didn't pan out for you guys. So, you know, in your, I, in your face. I knew, I knew you'd have a take. I knew you'd have a take, yeah. which is why it's right that I, I bring forward my next point. I don't think we are making progress. I oh. think we're all slowing down. I've been walking around, right? I've been walking around. And in my head, I've been keeping quiet about this, but I've been thinking to myself... I'm overtaking more people than I ever used to do when I walk. And I can only conclude that everybody else is slowing down. You're ruling out the chance that you might be getting faster? Because you may have increased in speed. No, I am ruling that out because I'm going to be very, very honest. First of all, 
Uh, I'm not slim at the moment. I've probably put a bit of weight back on, so that would mean I'm not speeding up. And secondly, I've always had spectacularly short legs, so I'm never a man that moves fast. So honestly, it's everyone else slowing down. I've still stayed the same pace. I think the human race is getting slower. Well, you know, I know what you mean because I've been making a conscious effort to like not rush as much as I, I used to because I, people would always take the mickey out of me for like rushing around. I think I said a couple of weeks ago that one of my friends described me as the, that squirrel from Ice Age. <laughs> He's scrat. Scrat, that's a scat. Like him. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing, though. Maybe we shouldn't be rushing around too much and this is a, a good new kind of more chilled out outlook on life. Well, look, don't worry. Home Time's not about to turn into some kind of David Attenborough show, but discuss... Is the human race slowing down, or is it just me? I think what we're looking at here is is a proliferation of dawdling, unlike anything we've ever seen before in our lives. We're living in the dawdling generation. That's what it is. It, you know that, that movie, The Day After Tomorrow? Me and you are them scientists that can that see all the like the tremors before anyone else, but no one believes us. Let me just get this straight. Are you saying that this theory that I'm presenting to the show tonight could turn into a Hollywood blockbuster? Genuinely, get Gerard Butler on the phone. This is it. Is he playing me? Well, I wouldn't go that far. But Cathy says, I completely agree. People are slowing down. But I think it has a lot to do with them looking at their mobile phones at the same time. She's got a point. 8, 12, 15 for your text. Tweets to Absolute Radio. Andrea's hanging on. Do you agree with me, Andrea? I definitely fully agree with you that people walk slower these days. Uh, or the older generation is getting quicker. You know, to get the bargains in the shop and uh, to get from A to B and enjoy their life more. That's the way how I see things. So in your day-to-day life, Andrea, how does this like manifest itself? How does it show that you, you, you're faster and other people are slower? Right. I'm a lucky person and I teach at secondary school. So, And I'm not giving it away, but I'm looking towards um, the end of my 40s. Okay? So the majority of students are 19, so between 11 and 19. And um, our school is rather big and uh, I need to cover a vast amount of area. And I literally can walk faster than the majority of students, even if I wear high heels, believe it or not. Wow, OK. Whoa. Well, there's so, some context. Well, Richie, Richie, how fast are you in high heels? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that I do not have that data freely available. <laughs> I would love to That's part of that Absolute Radio Johnny. Premium. <laughs> <laughs> So the next challenge for me will be, because now you set me actually a challenge, to try it out, if I can do it, even better in broken heels. Give it a go, Andrew, and get back to us. I will do so. Thank you very much. Uh, This text says, if my 13-year-old son is anything to go by, yes, people are slowing down. When we go to watch the Arsenal play, we're lucky enough to be able to park on a friend's drive, which has got an electric gate. However, I have to stop in the middle of the road for him to get out and go and use the keypad, as he has no concept of time, as he struts across the road with his hard-looking posture whilst I sit in the middle of the road waiting to reverse in. Everything's done at a slow pace in these days and I'll start sounding like my father saying today please. Someone obviously hot under the collar. We've got James on the line right now. James, where do you stand on the great walking debate? Um, it's you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so just to clarify, it, it, it's all Richie. It's you. Yes, basically it's Richie. You've not uh, noticed it's, it's, anybody speeding up. You've not noticed anybody slowing up walking. No. No, just you when I saw you the other day on the high street. I thought, who is that? That's Richie. Very slow. Hang on. That's taken a turn. Hasn't it? You you saw me. Yes. Very slow man walking. Lots of people overtaking you. I think um, there was a milk flow that overtook you as well, my friend. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Likely story. (laughs) 
I don't. You just don't see milk floating. This this bloke is he's get him off. Get him off. He's not helping. This is the daily takeaway. It's a Tuesday night. It can mean only one thing. It's Toasty Tuesday. We are the only UK radio station that is uh, toasting bread and sandwiches live on air uh, every Tuesday night. This is going to be a different one, though, because obviously I'm working from home this week because of my little op on Friday. Yeah. So that means for the first time ever, we're going to be doing synchronised toasting. Richie there in the studios in central London. Me, I'll be toasting live from Leon C. It's, it's an interesting one, though, because obviously people that listen to this bush when we do it every Tuesday, you know, we, we, we eat here in the studio. And then obviously our hope and expectation is people are listening and, and prepping it as well at home. So that, that's kind of what, what everyone's doing. You know, we do it here. Someone else does it somewhere else. So the very fact that we're in two different locations hopefully shouldn't change things too much. It's a cook-along in many ways. I am a little bit perturbed, though, because the last time I used our sandwich toaster here in the house, I blew the entire electricity for the entire building. So uh, (laughs) hopefully it won't be up to the same things. So far, then, we've done a crisp sandwich and we've done ravioli, tinned ravioli toasty, but we're after the next big thing. Right, Matt is hanging on with a suggestion for us. What have you got, Matt? It is scrambled egg and cheese in toasty. Wow, it's blown our mind. Scrambled egg and cheese. And are you saying scramble the egg first, put it in the toasty and toast it? Or are you going one further and saying, in a pure experimental way, just crack an egg into the toasty and see what happens? <laughs> no, no, it was an accident. It was a happy accident. I made scrambled egg one day at work and then decided I didn't want to put it on toast. So I made it into a toasty in a toasty machine, threw a lot of cheese in with it as well. So it was a bit of a live experiment. Now, what, what, what <laughs> excites me about this is famously... Kellogg's cornflakes are—they—they they were a mistake. They Just were an accident. Yeah, yeah. They, they left the stuff <laughs> roasting too long overnight once. Wow. Realised it was yeah, going to be amazing, and that's how cornflakes came about. So, so often in food, and the um, same with this world, this this universe we live in was yes. an accident, wasn't it? <laughs> it's getting philosophical on me now. It's getting very philosophical. <laughs> so there we go. This this could you know be. What? I had cornflakes this morning as well, so it just all makes sense. Everything's just a line, isn't it? And then you add your, you add your toasty. What line of work are you involved with, Matt? I'm a graphic designer. So you done like some like vectors or whatever it is. You look pixels, and then sat down, <laughs> add that with a bit of tomato ketchup, or how did it taste? How was it? Oh, it was mint. It was well good. It was just cheese and egg. And I saw cheese and scrambled egg in the toasty, and then no ketchup. I didn't have any ketchup. Otherwise, I would have done. That would have been a great idea. Okay, you're not, you're not being held against your will, are you, Matt? It sounds like you're in maybe in some form of confinement. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> so we need to call it... Um, what can we call this thing? If we were to try it, Matt, Matt created it. Like he's, he's a graphic designer. Do you know I mean? Any good name for this thing? Scrambled egg and cheese toasty? That sounds work. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'll go for that. <laughs> just go with that. Just go with that. <laughs> Uh, Toasty Tuesday, no less. Uh, some more of your suggestions. Steve uh, putting forward sausage, bacon and cheese. I mean, I can't hear anything oh. wrong with that. Grill the sausage, bacon first. Put the slices of Cathedral City on each side of the bed. Put the sausage and the bacon on, then cook it in the toasty making. Heaven in a sandwich. Nasty to clean afterwards, he says. Is that a German one, a toasty making? <laughs> <laughs> Put it in, it's that's a brat, toasty making. It's a brat first sausage, I think. <laughs> uh, Ange says, I had a ham and cheese toasty to dip in my Heinz cream of tomato soup last night. Hashtag delicious. And Life of Briley says, I had a cheese and bacon sizzler fake McCoy's filled toasty for lunch. An absolute game changer. Bravo to whoever suggested it. People being inspired by these ideas. I tell you what, though, for tonight's toasty, I'm not sure we can get any further than Matt's scrambled egg and cheese toasty from earlier. 
earlier on. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. Love scrambled egg, love cheese, obviously. The only downside for me is we know from previous history of this show that you love to microwave scrambled egg. I like yeah. to make it authentically. Because I'm in the studio and you're at home, roles are reversed. Live in the dream. Get familiar with that microwave. I think it'll take you about 25 seconds. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Home time on a Tuesday with Bush and Richie. Uh, this was supposed to be Ch- Toasty Tuesday. I wanted to say a big thank you to everyone that has stepped forward with some fantastic recipes for things for us to toast. I've been uh, put forward as the spokesperson to bring you all up to speed on what has happened. We've had an institutional uh, failure and malfunction here within the Home Time Team Network. Very excited about doing a scrambled egg and cheese toasty as recommended by listener Matt, who you heard on the phone a little bit earlier on. Here's the thing. Between myself... Uh, Richie and our producer Adem, we all thought that the other person had got eggs. That was at work. I'm actually at home. I'm not allowed to actually plug my toaster in because it blew the fuses in the entire house last time. So I've been denied the ability to do that. Meanwhile, back at base camp, uh, Richie and producer Adem, neither of those two have got eggs either. So what we're going to do is apologise for the ramshackle nature to the final hour of the show. I'm going to do that toasty for you either tomorrow or the day after. Watch this space. We shall grill that cheese and scrambled egg toasty on this show. Apologies. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway.